think I got a little too drunk last night. Yeah, you practically kicked a vampire in the face. Whose blood is that? Is that your blood? No, fuck you, man. Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is the podcast for both indie horror filmmakers and fans, and our goal is to help indie horror filmmakers by talking about what's going on out there, highlighting how other people have made it, and giving you the tools to get your projects done. And of course, we want more people watching indie horror, so we talk about it hoping that these find audiences, because uh, once people realize how much fun these movies are, hopefully they catch on, and it's a good win-win for everybody. So uh, we're going to talk about all the cool projects we see, we're going to talk about the industry, and we're going to talk about a lot of these films that we discover and if that sounds good to you please go to deadharvey.com join our e-newsletter follow us on social subscribe to the podcast we want to hear from you shoot us an email uh let us know what you want us to talk about and if you have a project we want to hear about it and we'll talk about it on the show so that's what we're all about and today eventually we're going to talk about subtitles and uh before we get to that though we're going to talk about what's on our radar i'll go first because the film that you're going to talk about segues perfectly into our main topic of subtitles so i watched a bunch of shit this this week uh, there's one main one that we can talk about but i want to just lightly touch on the two that i that i that i because i didn't get too far into both of these i don't think i made it all the way through but mm-hmm. god bless them for existing one yeah. was this one yeah one was this messed up russian I don't know, it wasn't even messed up. It was like, it looked like, like we were talking about before on a previous episode, like how important cover art is. Yeah. You know, that you can get sucked in when you see a cover. I'd be like, oh man, that movie looks pretty awesome. Like, they, like, like, and it had like Geiger alien type of stuff in the Ooh. background and okay. it had these dudes strapped down and it was some cool tagline. I can't even remember. I was like, I'll give this a go. And essentially it's like, I think there's a game. I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's like even a kid's game where, you know, like there's 10 of you and one mm-hmm. of them is the mole or one of them is the person, but no one knows. So they keep asking questions to each other. Yeah. Uh, so it's that game and they're all strapped into chairs in this weird sci-fi environment. Uh, and basically, if you guess wrong, you die. Mm-hmm. And, and and all I can say is that it's kind of like the running man without the cool characters and without the action, without Arnold Schwarzenegger, without without anything really cool yeah and without richard dawson too i guess without richard dawson wasn't jesse ventura in that one too yeah jesse ventura was in there and he it, it, yeah the, the, he mm-hmm. was one of, there was only four main bad guys yeah. in running man which actually if you think about running man i actually rewatched it recently mm-hmm. but um the funny thing is they make it seem like it's this the, the biggest game show on but there's only four characters right yeah <laughs> there's dynamo uh, who's the opera singer dude and who who gets caught in his undies at the, yeah. at the end, who has light bulbs all over him. Mm-hmm. As Buzzsaw, yeah. who was apparently one of Arnie's buddies. What happened to the, Buzzsaw? He had to split. <laughs> Sub-Zero. <laughs> yeah. Sub-Zero uh-huh. was the hockey goalie. Was Sub-Zero. Now just played Zero. <laughs> Sorry, five. Because then there was a um, the football player. Jim Brown was flame the, uh, the flame guy. Yeah. Um, and then Jesse Ventura came out of retirement at the end and was wearing that 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 costume. But basically, as Arnold was killing all of them, they had no one else to go to, so there wasn't much of a show. Like like, anyway, it, has do, fun, yeah. it has nothing to do with this Russian game show yeah. thing. That basically what it was is like some sci-fi guy because 
I've seen it now. Like one of my buddies works in this where you could be in a room and the whole thing's, but it's actually like CG screen all around you. So mm-hmm. basically they had access to a room that was fully green screen. Yeah. Not even in a good way, but like in a bad way that you could tell they were in a, in a room with green screen. And then they just had this green screen around them. So they never left this room and they were talking in Russian. And it was dubbed. And it was just, anyhow, I fell asleep in it. But I do like the concept of game shows in the future where people die. And, I, and, I, and yeah, it's a cool concept. I, There's I just something think... I noticed that I haven't seen. There was one with, like, uh, I think Josh Duhannel or the guy from Transformers movies. Even yeah. if you go back to, like, Michael Douglas's The Game. Like, they're, 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 like the idea oh, of a that's game. Right. That's the Fincher people... one with that uh, Sean yeah. Pinson as well, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a cool. Like, I cool. Like Actually, I like that one. It was really good. But I like yeah. the idea of game shows that result in actual people getting fucked up, whether mentally or physically. I, I, the idea is kind of like, it, it's a cool game. Not to, like, I mean, Saw is kind of like that in a way. There's a game going That's on, true, but, yeah. Um, anyhow, the Russian one was kind of like, it, I, they sold me on it with the poster, and then I got into it, it was kind of like just weird, because it was cool special effects, but that's about it. I also that's not a recommend, you would say. Yeah, that not a recommend. And another one that I watched about 20 minutes into it, I was suckered into a super low-budget um, sci-fi one on Tubi called 2025, The World Enslaved by a Virus. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, oh, that's an intriguing title. And it looked low-budget. And I'm always into, like, I, I mean, in my head, I, was, I thought, hey, some guys in lockdown or in quarantine somewhere shot a low-budget horror sci-fi movie about this i'll give this a go well it turns out it's a christian fundamentalist um film because basically what happens is it opens with this kind of action sequence which was kind of cool in a low budget way like they're just driving but then they capture this guy and then he goes into a room where they're interrogating him and for the next 15 minutes they interrogate him and it's essentially in 2025 the, the the this virus was was created by I don't know, the Illuminati that was anti-Christian and he's trying to bring back Christianity and I kind of lost it. I, like I fell asleep at that point. So I I, uh, I don't really know where they were going, but it is an interesting one because we've had friends in this before. If you have a Christian angle on stuff, you can sometimes get money. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There was a huge distribution platform. Well, it happened with uh, when Mel Gibson did the, what was it? The Passion. The Passion, Passion Mel Gibson did. Yeah. That one was like kind of broke the grounds for the distribution. He, because he self distributed that movie. Because yeah. they didn't know like whether it was going to make money because it was pretty gory and everything. And it was very different. I mean, it was much more like if you look at the Scorsese yeah. version, which is The Last Temptation, that yeah. one was sort of like, um, hypothetical like happening in his mind about his temptation but in this one here with the passion it was like pretty gory like a horror movie almost yeah. so he's actually great i mean i love passion of christ yeah it was, no it's an extremely well done movie yeah it's yeah. great um yeah. but he basically financed that himself and he self-distributed it and then he just made shit loads of money because all these churches picked it up instantly and there was a huge distribution platform and there was no middleman also <laughs> so he probably got to keep most of that money himself but yeah, yeah. And then that and, kind of blew up the doors for other movies after that to use that similar yeah, the, but it's also just like in general for indie film, there are groups like Christian groups that have money, and and are, are and they'll fund stuff that 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 they believe furthers their the the you know whatever the word, and and like Christ, what's the guy who everyone used to make fun of who was from the from Growing Pains who had a career in film? Oh, Kirk Cameron. Yeah, uh-huh. Kirk yeah. Cameron. Every every single one of his films was 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 financed by by like Christians who wanted to get their message out. Quite a bit of it. Yeah. And then there was Nick Cage was in one too. That was the one of the left behind ones. Yeah. I think Kirk Cameron and Nick Cage both did different versions of the left behind one because that's a popular book series. Um, yeah. 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 I mean I mean either way clearly this one 
it's super low budget. You can find it on Tubi 2025. But I, I guarantee you, if he didn't, if, if he didn't self finance it, like someone, you know, they, they do pay for that. I mean, you can go on deep in Tubi. There's a bunch of these religious movies. Hey, if you're a filmmaker and you want to get get some funding, rally around a cause is an easy way to uh, yeah to, to get funding. And a lot of movies have agendas. They're just different. Sometimes they're political. Sometimes they're religious. Sometimes they're anti-religious. Sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, different so. sort of distribution platforms for for whatever that is, but it is you're absolutely right. Um, there's a there's a pretty much like a set distribution platform right right around this uh, around uh-huh. religious movies, which is why I think you see like a lot of name actors will be in them sometimes, especially if stuff isn't getting distribution and they need work, they'll go to them even if they're not religious or whatnot. But yeah, yeah. Well, there's always. I mean, I find this too because if people are trying to like regardless i mean we, we i've worked with like indie films and other film companies but also like video games and other platforms and people try to look for these groups of audiences because it's guaranteeing them to get it like someone will watch it and it's also guaranteeing that some people's going to pay for it so it's like rallying behind something it's just i mean this guy got picked up or i don't even know if he got picked up he's on tubi solely because it has a, a this this religious spin but you, you could do this for almost anything like getting behind a cause or it like is going to help you finance it is going to help you find an audience is going oh, yeah, to sell the cash to kick in yeah yeah, I, I, it's a, I mean, so, I mean, if you're a filmmaker and you have a film out there and you're trying to look for something, get, there's even minorly touches, even if it's anti-smoking or like, or, or pro-smoking or whatever it might be, like any small little thing, there's groups out there that are financed that want to see that stuff get out there. It's an interesting angle to, to have a cause behind it. And, yeah. And so this one, anyhow, I, I only got, I got about 20 minutes into this one and fell asleep too, because it quickly went from this car chase at the beginning, which is kind of a well-done low-budget car chase. They're like ripping around a farm, <laughs> just yeah. like whatever. And then once he got caught, he was in an interrogation room, and then it was just like I, I, I didn't. It didn't look like they were ever leaving the interrogation room. So, so what you're saying is both these movies pretty much bored you to sleep. Bored me to sleep, but but that is kind of uh, this will also kind of in a way segue to the subtitle <laughs> yeah. things because I have to keep the the volume down uh because people are sleeping in the house and they put the subtitles on to kind of watch them yeah but uh but yeah like typically like yeah it was late at night i'm like oh i'll start watching a movie and there's some that are like secret gems that i come across like some sort of shark horror that wasn't on my radar before that i'm like oh shit this is a new shark then i'll stay up and watch the whole thing yeah but if if it's not catching me much like these i'm gonna fall asleep within 25 minutes and i'm not gonna pick up where i left off uh, the next day. Anyhow, one that I did make it all the way through that I thought was kind of a cool one to chat about is Run with Sarah Paulson. It was on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Now that one I'm pretty interested in. I like so when I added Hulu because of my uh, Sasquatch uh, the movie. Mm-hmm. When they scammed me on Sasquatch, they scammed me to watch Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really about Sasquatch, and mm-hmm. that was confirmed on Joe Rogan episode where they were talking. The guy was like, "Yeah, I talked to the director, and he's like, just find a Bigfoot angle. If we can attach it to this, we'll have something. On yeah, it. it's Master. just a sales he angle. Manipulated us. Yeah." That's one of the Hulu movies that's on my radar to watch next. That looks like a cool concept. Well, it is. It, it, it was kind of cool. I mean, and I feel like it was like halfway through it, I was like, I've seen this before. Like, I, I've some other movies have done this, but essentially, basically, it's the mom is fucking with her kid, right? Yeah. And, and and there's gonna be, and I won't blow anything, but there's like, there's a reason something bad happened, you know, at, at some point. But she's got her daughter, and she's being overprotective. But it's a, you you actually see this angle. It's a cool angle too because it goes really well, I think, for a young audience because this whole mistrust of your parents, like Mama and all those ones that came out right. there, are kind yeah. of like there's something weird with my mom. My mom's trying to fuck yeah, me up. Yeah. Like there are, there is an angle on that, but I think it's yeah, there's lots. I just I felt like this has been done before. It was pretty. I mean, they did a PG thirteen angle on it, right? So mm-hmm. it wasn't. 
there wasn't anything too over the top. It was a cool take on this whole idea of the mom fucking with the kid and stuff. But I, I, I as I was watching through it, like, first off, there's two things that came to mind. One, I love that Sarah, and I don't know this. I looked up Sarah Paulson's IMDb and her mm-hmm. filmography. And I was like, I'm sure she just does nothing but horror and sci-fi because she's in so much cool horror and sci-fi. Oh, she's in a lot of different kinds of stuff. Like she was in like yeah. the OJ trial movie where she played like Marsha Clark, I think. If yeah. I remember yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And yeah, she, she was great. All kinds of different stuff. And coincidentally, she's not related to me, um, mostly because uh, she has money. And uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that. Here was I was watching it because. Yeah. <laughs> but, we only has we only share the same last name. Yes. Yeah, uh, but and yeah, I like it. But when I went on there, I realized she actually is in tons of shit. She's well, like she's, she's a just great got, actress. Yeah, she's, she's a great a, actress. A wide range too, and always plays all kinds of different characters on American Horror Story every season. Yeah, I, well, I mean, and that's where I first learned yeah. about her. I don't know if she broke out there. I think she was on other stuff, but she's awesome in American Horror yeah. Story. Um, but um, but yeah, it, it made me think. So there's first off, I'd just like to acknowledge that her, and I love the fact that she'll do these off, like these off. I don't want to yeah. call them off brand, but he's kind of like, she'll do a fucked up movie. Which she'll I, do which all I kinds appreciate. of risky stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's risky. It's out there. And I appreciate that when someone who's getting like of her caliber is going to go off and do some fucked up shit. I, I think that's cool. Uh, but two, it did make me think through it, you know, a little bit on the theme of it. It's it, it's not done a lot. It has been done before where your parents are the villains, right? And, and it, it's kind of a cool angle, especially if you're trying to appeal to a younger audience because it, it, it's... There's a there's there's a kind of weird little angle there, like like your, where your parents are the villain. Yeah, and horror movies have often sided with like the teenagers, or especially those like catering towards a young audience. If you look at like or teenagers, so if you look at like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, they're yeah. all based upon like uh, Freddy's coming after me, and then like the parents are like these kids are crazy, even though the parents sort of created Freddy. Yeah, yeah. They were directly responsible for Freddie coming after the kids, but there's always this mistrust of the parents, and the kids are always right. No one can believe the kids, and so it connects with the younger audience that way. But yeah, now is this movie about like a parent that won't let the kid leave the house? Is that what it's about, or what's it about exactly? Um, well, it's about well, basically, she's the, the daughter is has is, is has a an array of issues. <laughs> she's in a wheelchair. She's got taking pills constantly, and blah blah blah, like like. So she and she's uh, like, yeah, has no feeling in her legs and she's on sick. She's got like this, like a skin disorder and da, 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 da. she's taking all these pills. And then at one point, right around the, you know, the first plot point, she realizes that one of the pills she's taking, she notices that when the mom brings it home, it's written to the mom, not to her. Mm-hmm. And so it, it raises an eyebrow to her. She's like, what is this pill? So she starts to call around and tries to, and finally figures out that this pill is not actually for her. So she realizes that her mom is drugging her and, and manipulating her mm-hmm. and is keeping her on all this, all this, this shit. So, and, and, and then, you know, the story expands and and you find out why and why the mom's all fucked up and it's, and they tie it all together. It's really, it's well written, but essentially you find out that it's basically the mom has been hiding shit from the daughter. The mom is giving her drugs she shouldn't be on, which are giving her a lot of these disorders. And yeah. so it's the mom manipulating. And 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 it, so it's kind of like she's trying to keep her who she is and in the nest and all that type of stuff, but it's through evil ways. And also I think about the stepfather. Stepfather is a great example of the evil parent. For sure. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think, and, and I just noble was like, intentions, like evil parent with noble, does she have noble intentions or is she just like a straight She up? has misdirected noble intentions. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like that stepfather, like wants yeah. a perfect family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, that whole idea, but anyway, it made me think a lot about, it's another un, 
I don't want to say untapped because it's happened, but like there's a lot of cool movies out there that position the parents as evil, whether they actually are evil or if it's misdirected evil or yeah. if it's it, it's whatever. But it's, I mean, I can see them resonating, you know, uh, uh, with a younger audience, and 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 I thought that was kind of the neat part about it. Is like so then the teenager becomes the hero, really, right? right? Yeah. And, and and so she's trying to figure out is as the parents the the evil, uh, you know, the person on them. It's kind of like an yeah, it's a cool storyline. It hasn't been done a ton, but it was a good movie. It's PG-13, so it's not really super over the top. But you know what? For Sarah Paulson, Netflix, a horror you can watch is pretty good. So I, I was – that's my recommend for the uh, for what I watched, and uh, we will leave it at that. Cool. Okay. Excellent. I will talk about – well, there's two kind of foreign-related movies since we're going to be talking about subtitles. Uh, one of them, which I definitely got to give as a recommend, it's called The Boys from County Hell, Irish horror movie that's on Shutter now. Um, but it's now it's a little bit of a different. We we're talking about vampire movies earlier. It's a little bit of a different take on the vampire movie, so it doesn't reinvent the wheel or anything like. But the characters feel very authentic, and it has like that sort of Shaun of the Dead comedy feel, but toned down, like more realistic version of it. So not like over the top, but but the characters feel a little bit familiar to that. Mm-hmm. Like these guys that are like attached to their hometowns, they don't want to leave. There's local lore attached to the hometowns. It's basically about this local folklore of this. There's this big collection of stones in this guy's backyard. There's this all this folklore about this creature lives underneath there. Supposedly, this creature was like the inspiration for Dracula. So Bram Stoker came there, found out about this creature, and then wrote about Dracula, and it was inspired by... So this is like the original Dracula, basically. Mm-hmm. But people get turned into vampires by the stones. So like all the stones are there. They get cut by the stones. That's what turns them into a vampire. So a little bit of a different take doesn't reinvent the wheel, but definitely worth watching Got out of very cool, like um, personality to it and feel to it. So, so basically like a less funny version of Shaun of the Dead is what it reminded me of, but with vampires instead of zombies. Yeah. That's, I mean, vampires are something that needs a reinvention mm-hmm. in my, in my mind, because like you think about like uh, uh, you, like our vintage, like for us, uh, Lost Boys was probably the one of the biggest kind of like that's influences. one of my all-time favorite movies, yeah. Yeah, and it switched our look on vampires, yeah. right? Like all of a sudden it became like, oh shit, vampires can be cool, right? Like, and it was it took that turn. Um, and then probably, you know, um God, I can't even remember the well, I got the Fright Night 2, which is another one of my favorites. Fright Night 2, which is it was good, but then all of a sudden the Twilight stuff messed up. Yeah, yeah, I messed mean, up vampires yeah. again, and there was also yeah, like the vampires big... back decades. We're... Yeah, and then well, Bram Stoker's Dracula <laughs> and uh, was was the Coppola was, version, yeah, the, the Coppola version, and yeah. then the Tom Cruise. What was the Tom Cruise Brad Pitt one? Which oh, out? Interview with the Vampire. That's actually, Interview with the Vampire. That, that first one is actually pretty good. That's a pretty good adaptation of the book. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so vampires have had this kind of like there, there was something weird about them when they went kind of sexy. Right, like that was the Anne Rice resurgence, and then also that spiraled off onto the Twilight was sort of playing off of that, but doing like a more PG thirteen version of it. Yeah, yeah. So Twilight did that. I mean, I kind of liked it. Like obviously, like you and I are gonna like the Lost Boys, the Lost Boys version where they're kind of like grungy, but you know, cool, but whatever. Yeah. But there is a whole like vampires. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, the whole (laughs) idea of vampires. There's a cool sort of zombie take on them left to be done, where they're kind of like maybe they're not that cool. They're just a bunch of like blood sucking freaks that that you can communicate with. And 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 uh, you know, there's another angle still left. And I feel like vampires is something that has has like another stage to come. I think there's cool stuff that can be done with vampires still. Yeah, absolutely. So the next movie, and this one comes to recommend. So my uh, childhood friend recommended this to me. He was in town recently. We had some beers and uh, shout out to Ryan Burnett for giving me this 
for giving me this recommendation here. He goes, hey, man, have you ever heard of this movie called um, Chinese Speaking Vampires? And I was like, no, what the hell is that? He goes, well, my friend actually made this movie. He goes, I grew up with this guy. We went to school together. So he's from um, hometown here in Missoula, Montana. He goes, we went to school together. We played football, all this stuff. And and uh, yeah, he told me about this movie he made. So basically, you had uh, me in the title. I mean, the title itself is, is enough to click. Right? That, this like, is kind of this is actually pretty interesting because what it is, is it's like it's a way that it seems to me like now this guy wrote the movie. His name is Davey Williams. The director's done a ton of stuff, but he is. This is pretty funny. So he's known as the Mandarin speaking Montanan. And uh, so he's appeared in dozens of Chinese films, dramas, variety shows and other programs. So he was born and raised in Montana. He worked in L.A. in the early 2000s, moved to China in 2006. And then for the next 12 years, he traveled back and forth from China to L.A., working on dozens of TV dramas and movies in Asia. So he's fluent in Mandarin. So basically, I was like, this guy, basically, what I'm thinking of it as is like, he used this as an angle to write a movie. So he learned how to speak Mandarin, and he used it to do all these like Chinese action movies when he was going back and forth. And he just basically wrote the movie around the fact that he learned how to speak Mandarin. He's fluent So Mandarin. what you're trying to tell me is that he actually orchestrated 15 years of his life to culminate into the making of Chinese-speaking vampires. Probably. That's what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but So basically, this is a movie about a guy that's like an actor, and he wants to go out for, for a part. And this is like a Chinese production company. And so he memorizes all his lines like in Mandarin. They're like, well, you don't improv some stuff he goes i only memorized this so he they're like oh no good go back learn it so he's got to learn it in like a month to try and get this part so he goes to the school which is of course like taught by a guy who's a kung fu vampire and he <laughs> basically the whole the whole angle is that like once they bite people you become fluent in mandarin so it's kind of funny because the first half of the movie is mostly in English with like a few subtitles when they're speaking Mandarin. And the second half of the movie, once everybody, the majority of the cast gets bit and they turn into vampires, <laughs> it's all like in Mandarin with English subtitles, which is hilarious. That's so awesome. so That's I awesome. thought it was kind of a funny and interesting angle for this guy to, to use like learning another language uses it as an inspiration or a basis to do a movie off of. And then of course it becomes this like, and if you look at the title of Chinese speaking vampires, it's very much like Kung Fu B action movie kind of uh, cover for it on there. Sort of looks like something that would be like one of the sequels of lost boys where they got the headband on and everything. It reminds That's me awesome. of another friend of ours uh, named Justin would try and make is obsessed with like Kung Fu movies that we would try and make on here. But this guy also, which is cool. He also does, he's a local Montana filmmaker. So it looks like he travels back and forth between the two. And he did another movie, which they filmed in my uh, hometown here. Now a slightly different one. It's called Slant Streets, a memory loss drama about a homeless Native American in a Montana town. He's trying to put his life back together after losing his wife and memory in an accident. So obviously a different tone with this one. But when they showed the pictures of it, I was like, oh, that was filmed in my hometown here. And it had like the reason I recognized it is because it had the bar in the background. So I was like, oh, I know where that place is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, interesting angle. And that would lead us often to um, so that will segue us off into subtitles because. Yes. Yeah. Well. And, 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 yeah, the, the, everything needs an angle. I mean, that's the mm -hmm. thing that when we talk, when we look at indie films, it's like you look at so much where they're just trying to do like cookie cutters of other ones. And you, mm -hmm. I've always kind of said when you're, if, if you, if you only have a budget of, I don't know, whatever it is, 20,000, 50,000, whatever it is, your low budget, hundred grand, don't try to rip off a million dollar movie. You're not going right, <laughs> like, right, to exactly. just do the same thing. However, if you got that budget and you've got some sort of crazy weird angle that you can yeah. do, whether, whether it's a set or a something mm -hmm. someone can do or, or something like it, throw it in. Like you need an angle. You need an angle. Well, I've definitely seen. never seen uh, a vampire movie before 
where if you get bitten, you turn, you speak a different language. So that's, that's pretty that, rude. That's hilarious. So that and the fact that like with that other movie, Boys from County Hell, that the stone turns you into vampire, just being cut by the vampire stone that they're that they're held underneath, turns yeah. you into vampire instead of getting bitten. That was a cool angle too, actually. That is a cool angle. That's different. Like something that makes it a little different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we said with the zombies when all of a sudden uh, Danny Boyle decided to make them run. Right, right. It's sort of yeah. like all of a sudden game changer. It's like mm-hmm. what's what, and that was his whole pitch when he tried to pitch it. It's like what's the difference here? Well, these ones run. Okay, sold. Here's your money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this one, this Chinese speaking vampire one, they clearly used like they utilized the low budgetness of it because. Uh, they're not like traveling all over the place. They have like a bit of the origin stuff in there where like this master vampire came from and why he's wearing like a kimono and, and black lipstick. I have no idea. And like nobody addresses it. But anyways, yeah. that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, it actually reminds me. I know the guys who did Afflicted. I don't know if we've mm-hmm. talked about that before. The vampire movie that got picked up by Paramount and they mm-hmm. redid the ending. Yeah. And uh, it was a cool take on vampires, too, because it was like... Uh, they were traveling around and they did it like um, uh, found footage style because they were filming themselves. And then yeah. he hooks up with a chick and, 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 and it's all from being a vampire and then he gets it, but it's more like a disease that he yeah. fucks them up. If you've seen afflicted, I mean, cool angles are always going to, you know, help things out. Right? It, would, it would be interesting to talk to this guy, especially since he's like, uh, well, kind of back and forth as a local filmmaker, but his experiences going to China and like how things are different, you know, like where they film in the States or action horror movies and whatnot. <laughs> How different their rules are, like what their work days are, like all that kind of stuff. Anyways, um, yeah, it's a good segue. So here's the thing: is we're uploading your your film, uh, Suicide Poet, uh, on. I mean, we've we've settled on Film Hub, I think, is where we're going to put it. It requires subtitles now. Yeah. The interesting thing about subtitles is, okay, first off, it costs money to put subtitles yeah. onto your film. Two there's multiple ways to do it. I think one is they manually do it because you're going to put stuff in there, but also they have AI that will just yeah. do it sometimes. And I, I, it's, it's, I mean, so this is where we're at right now where we're contemplating subtitles, but I was thinking about this actually, because subtitles have become a thing. And, and, and here's why, like there's a big uproar uh, on uh, about the new mortal Kombat movie because the Ooh. subtitles didn't match the uh the actual words and uh instead of like you know like in mortal Kombat when he he says fatality i think that's what Mm -hmm. it is he goes you know like the game and like everything's always said fatality is just a part of it but when it came to say fatality on subtitles it said something completely different yeah and people were like people were like why would you why would you the the main thing that you want to say fatality why is he not saying it in the subtitles? So it made me think, but yeah, I actually saw the movie. That was probably the least of their problems. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I have noticed like that subtitles become kind of a thing because people mm-hmm. do like, because of social media, because of stuff, people will watch stuff in subtitles and they also like to take snippets of it where they show what they're saying. And they kind of like are following along. Like I, I now watch, I'd say 50% of the time I watch with subtitles on because yeah. It's either late at night and I'm putting the subtitles on so I can read it or, yeah. or, or slash, you know, like cause I, I, there's a lot of horror movies where you're watching shit where they're talking so low and you can't you understand. I just yeah. want to make sure I'm not missing shit. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. I don't know. But I do watch with the subtitles. But it's interesting that some people will use subtitles. Some people don't. Some people use like the AI automatic stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of like I feel subtitles are a thing. I think it's hilarious to watch them. Uh, I think instead of subtitles, it should be called paraphrasing because what it does is it just like. When you hear what they're saying, and then you see it, like if you're watching English, you hear what they're saying, and you see it with the English subtitles on, they'll just basically be like, okay, this person said like two sentences. We're going to we're gonna just like sort of shorten this down into like 
two words out of two sentences. Actually, I have. Paraphrase a ton of stuff or leave out some stuff. And if they repeat themselves, they don't subtitle it. They'll just use it once, you know? Well, that is interesting because I did think, I was thinking, as I was watching stuff, because sometimes when people start talking fast and on a higher budget movie where they clearly have a subtitle guy, like someone, it's his job to make sure the subtitles match. They do that. They paraphrase. They're like, I will cut this sentence out because it's not important because it's talking too fast. But however, last night, because I always leave my, my, uh, my subtitles on. I was watching John Oliver on HBO last night and uh, it's automatic subtitles. So it's actually like AI that's picking up what he's mm-hmm. saying and just regurgitating it. And it couldn't keep up with them when he was going yeah. on a tirade and you just can't even read it. Like it, it, mm-hmm. there's no point in the subtitles because it's going so fast through it. So I do think it's an, like, it's, it's interesting that some people are just like, I think with a lot of TV, they just turn on the thing. It says, yep, subtitles. And it's something in the back end is trying to interpret it as it goes. That's why you see fucked up words. That actually, it's not the word. Yeah. Um, and they'll like misspell a lot of words too. Like depending on who they farm yeah. it out to. I remember yeah. like I, uh, when I was between jobs, I was looking for, and it was like a, some kind of a subtitling company, mm-hmm. closed captioning company. And they farm out for like work from home mm-hmm. and you sort of compete well, in this, in this instance, you compete with other people about like how fast can you subtitle something and send it in? So you would get paid like per job that you do to mm-hmm. send it. In. So if you yeah. can, if you can finish a subtitling job in a matter of like four hours or something like that and send it in, as opposed to if somebody does in eight hours and let's say like you have more mistakes and misspellings and other things like that, but you're getting it done quicker as an incentive to do more jobs, to get paid more. You'll notice a lot of errors when you see those subtitlings too. So do you think, did they send you, well, how long ago was this? Well, I never actually, I think I said, I submitted, this was like probably like about two years ago or something like that. But I remember I submitted, um, like uh, I applied for it on there and then they sort of sent me everything that it was about. So, and then I actually got a job after that and didn't do it, but I thought it was kind of interesting that they farm it out and you have like different people competing for you over those jobs. And then once you get them, you just have to keep like churning them out as fast as you can to try and get more of them. That is it. Cause I kind of thought it was always AI. Like I thought, yeah. like I'm assuming it is now too. Where they, I think there's a couple of different ways they'll do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like they'll run it through. Like when we, when we were looking or you were looking at ones for uh to do the suicide for doing suicide poet <clears throat> some of them were as low as like a couple hundred bucks to get it done yeah now this yeah so what i found on here so if anybody is is doing their own movie and they're looking for this now you can either do the subtitles yourself and you have to have them in a certain file format for a lot of these companies to accept so if you don't but doesn't it do you does it have to know like when to, like this is what i don't understand about it. it's like if you write it all out i'm like yeah here's every bit of dialogue yeah. that's in my film do you have to time code it then so it knows when to show that yeah, well, you have to um, you have to basically like send them a file. Now, I've I've done it before, but it was like a long time ago. But I think I do remember doing time coding on there, and I do remember, and I remember it took a long ass time to do it. So this time, I'm just gonna like send it. I'm just gonna have somebody else do it. There's a company called Rev.com that I found mm-hmm. on here, and so they they'll do 125 per minute. And what you got to do is you got to export your file to a thing called a subrip file. So they'll have all these different kinds of files. So basically what you do is you send them the movie and then they'll just, uh, and then they'll just subtitle it for you. And I got to mm-hmm. see if I actually have to send them like a script with it or if they, or if they need that or not. But um, if they don't need that, then basically they'll just look at the movie and then subtitle it and just be like 1.25 cents per minute. I'm sorry, a dollar and 25 cents per minute, but then they got other ones too. So they got like, now if you want, that's for transcription, convert audio to video to text for captions, it's captioning your video. So that's more like what your regular subtitles Then foreign subtitles are three to $7 per minute. So if you want to do anything, right. So if you want to get depending it, so on which can... language it is, I guess, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, well, if you want to like, if you want to sell your film to France or Germany or, or or China, you better you have to have the subtitles for it. I'm assuming, and I'm assuming like, even if you want to get, like imagine like some people, there's probably services that dub it, yeah. right? Like you're gonna do that dubbing too. But yeah, I think it's. I just assumed that now that they probably run it through an AI or 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 through something that that grabs like because if I can if I can dictate to my phone, I'm assuming that they can dictate the, the film and pull well, it, and yeah, then they'd have to have someone manually go over it and right. correct uh, correct it. Yeah, yeah. The subtitle it uh, so as soon as I pull it's about seventy three minutes long, so roughly it's going to cost about like a hundred bucks or so to get it subtitled. Right. But yeah, there's no way by the. For a hundred bucks, yeah. I was gonna say for a hundred bucks, there's no way that that's a human being being given a given a file and you're handwriting it. Like you're there, probably there's, right. You're probably yeah, for for a hundred bucks. Like just, that means you think about it. That's just seventy three minutes of watching through it, let alone having to do it. So I, I guarantee you they're running it through something, yeah. and it's a mess. And then they give it like like some of it will make sense, some of it won't. Then they give it to a guy. And the guy has to retype it just to make sure that oh, there's no spelling mistakes and stuff like that. And that's probably why there's some, um, probably why there is the spelling mistakes that happen on there if it is like an AI kind of thing. So if you notice those random things that don't make any sense like that or that are just misspelled, like how could they misspell that word if it's fairly common? If they hear it wrong or if the, or if the evil robot hears it wrong. Maybe the evil, it's it's more the evil. Well, like I said, I think there's two ways to do it. Like Film Hub saying it's a file. You need to, 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 to submit it with it. But like on TV, a lot of the times it's actually like an automatic bot that's just generating text because that's when it doesn't actually know but i think it's an interesting like what would be, could be kind of fun is if you kind of like i know some movies when they do they do paraphrase like they do cut yeah. stuff out like i wonder if you can get like uh you can reach out to them and be like hey i want to have final say on all the different subtitling in there and you can throw some random shit in there it's right. not even in the movie like you could actually use it as a tool um it's a i don't know but it is where we're, it is where we're at where, where you have to have it to submit it right so yeah, and uh, okay, so now let me ask a question here about like, okay, this is this is what I think is kind of interesting about now. Like now we're seeing a lot more foreign movies come out on Netflix and other sites right there. And I've noticed that like the dubbing is getting a lot better on Netflix. You know, like before, like let's say you'd watch an Asian movie and every voice would be like, how are you doing, Pilgrim? Everybody would sound like John Wayne in them, which is hilarious. But now like when you watch dub movies from other countries, but I've noticed the dubbing's gotten quite a bit better. And that's because the world market is opening up quite a bit mm. and a lot more, everything's kind of like fusing a lot more, especially with these streaming platforms. Now I do notice that with subtitling with me is like, I actually have really been like um, getting into a lot of these foreign movies lately. Um, but to me, I can't watch them if they're, if subtitle is the only option for it, because that means you have to really pay attention to the movie, which is a good thing for like the filmmaker and audience connection on there. But if you have a movie on in the background, you can't pay attention to anything that's going on if it's just subtitled and it's not. Yeah. Dubbed, yeah. Know? Yeah. If you're in that mode, which I know, um, yeah, both of us have been in that when you, when you try to crank through a bunch of movies or you just watch them in general, you know, you're working away and you have a movie on in the background. Uh, um, yeah. Subtitles don't really work. You want to, you want the, 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 the dubbed, the dubbed version so you can uh hear what's going on yeah i have noticed that too like it used to be a lot worse mm -hmm. and and now it's getting better and better but i guess I mean, it's a whole industry right like oh, yeah but it, and, and probably a lot of that came with the rise of uh uh chi the chinese films like the chinese film market right because everyone needs to get stuff over there but then granted even that's a whole different angle like people like the hollywood stuff and the big mm -hmm. movies they re-edit for those markets right they, they oh yeah they literally definitely. change shit for that especially if they yeah. have something that offends china they'll, they'll yeah you cut it out completely yeah. right that happened with monster out. hunter there was like some joke that they had to cut out in there and completely redo it for the for that market yeah 
Yeah, I think it happens quite a bit that they yeah. just completely do different edits for different different stuff. It is, I mean, it is it, it is one of those things that you have to kind of have and do. So I think it's it's interesting to see how it all different plays out though. Because I, I I do like for Mortal Kombat screwing up like like mm-hmm. something that, that that had to be in there. And that's a Hollywood film. Like you would think that they would figure out how to make sure the subtitles are right. Right. Um, yeah. But um one of the mistakes that I had like with subtitles that'll say there's like something for people not to do is now you're supposed to have it so that like everything so there's no subtitling at all on the entire movie. So there are a couple of portions of the movie where when like so like the main character when his voice was inaudible when he was like in a comedy club and it was in, inaudible in spots uh, i had to put like a little subtitle in on there to yeah. say what it was but i did not do a separate track that removed it from there so it's basically burned onto the movie so when they add subtitles they're gonna probably have to subtitle that and that might run into the same spot and it's only in a couple spots on there but you I do see that, that though you see that, you see that you see that you see that in movies sometimes mm-hmm. where they they have to do that the no, only what you're weird supposed one to is, do is have it completely clear of any subtitling whatsoever you know yeah the weird thing is that you know like when you and i and i don't know how you would deal with this one because you ever had ever watched a movie where it's sort of like it doesn't have a dialogue but in the bottom it's sort of like screeching in background mm-hmm. or the door does whatever like you got, you, 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 do you have to make a note for them to, to put that in there if you that would be there? like um I think that would be closed captioning instead of instead of regular instead of subtitles. Yeah, so it's yeah. something different. Yeah. yeah. So that's like yeah. for the hearing impaired, and then you have then that's a whole different. All oh, right, yeah. totally yeah. different animal. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Yeah. Animal. All right. Well, anyhow, you got anything else to add on uh, subtitles there? Uh no. Just like uh, computers are pretty much a pain in the ass, and like the yeah. more that the more like they build like all like the different apps for everything, and the more updates and everything that happens, mm-hmm. the more it's going to cause everything to to crash and be more of a pain in the ass well that's what i find that's where i think of it now because for years i was just using this for regular stuff and occasionally playing around but now that we're getting back into some film stuff and and things like this i'm creating i'm getting some stuff that's heavy and of course it's making the computer crash so computer issue too so yeah okay so that we'll keep us posted on this as we're as we're slowly working our way through the um getting this thing up live as our trials and tribulations of uh submitting suicide poet to film hub so yeah you got anything else to add in general if you got Rosetta Stone or Babel, use it as maybe possibly an inspiration to make a movie. There you go. <laughs> and if All you're right. having a hard time grasping the English language, uh, don't worry about learning another one. That's probably that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. sage advice. Just there. just basically do the wheel of Tubi and then just take two concepts and rip something off and make up your own thing. <laughs> yeah, combine the two on the wheel of Tubi to come up with a whole new movie. As shark, we know, there's always bucket. room for more shark movies. When you talked about it. Um, Last week, and I went and I just put like one shark thing on there. It was hilarious. There's like now there's like ten land or sand shark movies. Now there's a couple of different like ice shark movies. I'm like, wow, man, they just will not stop with the shark stuff. No, I don't. They must. They must sell. There must be a thing with shark uh, yeah. movies. They must sell because they they just don't stop coming. And to me, it's it's hilarious. They are hilarious. Just mm-hmm. nothing like a poor a bad CG shark flying through the air it just cracks me up every time. Yeah, but yeah, but clearly uh, people like shark movies uh okay so um yeah if you made it this far you are probably uh smelling what we're stepping in into indie horror here so uh go over to deadharvey.com uh sign up for our e-newsletter follow us on social media shoot us an email uh we want to connect and grow the community so uh please uh follow along and uh, subscribe to the dead harvey podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and watch where you step whether it be in the ice the beach or even if you're in the air, because there could be a shark there. Uh, the sharks are everywhere. 
I haven't seen like f- sky sharks, but I guess that would be something <laughs> like. Uh, was, uh, you know, I guarantee if if you go somewhere and, and Google sky well, sharks, okay, so Sharknado would technically be sky sharks because they're coming out of the tornado and flying through the sky. But I what, guarantee you, there's a movie about flying sharks. I guarantee say, you right now. I don't even know that there is, but I guarantee there's a movie about flying sharks. Remember that? Remember that Twilight Zone episode where Shatner sees the gremlin on the side of the plane? Yeah, I want to see something like that, but like a shark flies next to the plane. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to look it up right now as our last <laughs> thing we're going to do. Because I was watching uh, Shadow of the Cloud, that movie that was about like you know Chloe Grace Moritz. She's she goes out on the plane. It's basically like a feminist three hour. <laughs> it's, just, it's a threat feminist three part version of the Twilight Zone episode with Shatner. Hate to break, I hate to break it to you. There is a movie that came out in 2020 called Sky Sharks. Damn it! I knew it. The sea is for fish. The sky is for sharks. Yeah, is see? the tagline. <laughs> I would just love. I would just think it would be so funny to see like. Somebody looking outside the plane and seeing sharks fly. Oh, I well, we gotta find this one. Not is only that, what that. It is? no, it's zombie Nazis flying sharks. What? <laughs> what there, wait, so they're so they're Nazi zombie sharks that are they flying? are they're flying Nazi zombie sharks. So zombies don't control. So Nazis don't control them, but there are like, shark Nazis. No, no, it's shark. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> look at the poses. Google sky sharks. Okay, okay sky sharks. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious as to like if this is like. Nazis that are puppeteering these sharks to be used as weapons and you know fly sky sharks. No, it's a thing. I know it. Zombie there's it's zombies. It's it's zombie Nazis on flying sharks. Oh, that's what okay. So okay, so zombie Nazis are flying on the sharks. Okay. On the flying sharks. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Okay. Of course. Holy shit, that's fucking funny, dude. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. Oh, there's a new there, see. I remember how we were talking about how like the Nazi uh, genre had been getting stale. Well, we well, talk about cross talk about cross genre. It's shark movies and and, and Nazi movies put together. Sky sharks, zombie yeah, this, Nazis on flying sharks. And the font looks like that movie Iron Skies, you know, which is mm-hmm. like that that World mm-hmm. War II movie on there. It very much looks like yeah. Oh my god, dude. This, there's like a Nazi zombie yeah, on top I'm, of a shark, like holding up guns, and then the sharks underneath him. He's yeah. on him like a flying horse. That's hilarious. So, That's yeah. right. I'm going to be checking this movie. Out and he's got two like, and he's got two like rotating uh, giant guns like on the side of the shark, so the shark can be constantly like shooting while he's flying. Well, the Nazi zombie on top of him has the two other weapons on there, so he's got two mounted uh, rotating guns on the shark itself on a harness on it, and then the Nazi zombie also has guns as well. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, looks kind of awesome and it looks like it has some budget behind it oh, man. <laughs> yeah that is fantastic all right well uh there's uh, we've got our homework we're both gonna watch sky sharks um oh, shit tony todd's in it too oh my god candy man's <laughs> in this in sky sharks <laughs> all right that's all we got for this week until next okay. week all right <laughs> it seems london is under attack Several sky sharks. These are sharks, but they can fly, you say?